Resale is hot right now. What are the trends and unique challenges of the resale market? And how does Ghostbusters teach how to get along with a spouse you work with? Welcome to Tell Me Something Good About Retail, the podcast of The Retail Doctor, and I'm your host, Bob Fibbs. In this episode, I'm talking to Neil Abramson, Chief Financial Officer and Strategist of ECI Stores. He's got a lot to say about starting and running a consignment or any other retail business, so let's get to it. So tell me, how did you get into resale? Uh, I don't think you were uh, four years old and said, someday I'm going to be in the resale business. My father was the uh, hometown, small town pharmacist in uh, upstate New York in between uh, Schenectady and Saratoga. He had a store called Glenville Pharmacy okay. in, in the town of Glenville from, uh, uh, for 40, uh, over 40 years. So he, he ran that pharmacy in, in there. So, and how did that uh, evolve it, to get you to uh, where you are today? How did that evolve? <laughs> that taught me a lot of lessons, not, not just when he would lock me in the I'm, basement. I'm picturing you as working with Mr. Gower for uh, the wonderful life uh, <laughs> pharmacist with hot dog. When they opened in 1960, they gave away ice cream scoops because they had ice cream and everything, and they had the, the, the soda fountain counter and the ice cream counter. And I still have one of the memories of my father's store is that, that ice cream wow. scoop uh, that, that they had. So I, I do have that. Those fundamentals that I learned back in the day of how important the customer was, uh, how that transitioned to food on the table for the family um, and taking care of uh, your community, um, you know, really being a community pharmacy really taught me a lot about that. And so that, that prepared me for things later in life that I, that I look back on fondly as a, as a teenager and everything else. My father would probably not have used the words that I fondly learned these things, but I really did uh, take the time and, and, and take those lessons with me uh, every day in our business. That's great. Uh, I love that idea of it, being a partner in the community. Um, it sounds like he didn't take, um, he didn't take it for granted that he had a business. It doesn't sound like. No, he did not at all. He, he, he really uh, took, took that role uh, to heart. Um, you know, our home phone, you know, became our business phone at times, you know, people would call for their prescriptions and he would go to the pharmacy and, and, and get something. So nobody went without. Mm. Um, it, it was a different time in the world, but it was also, it, it, it was the world and the, and the way he approached uh, living and taking care of, of those around you. And it, and it served him well um, in life and beyond. But, but the real lessons you learn ultimately is, is that you're family first. So even when you, you could have a knockout, drag out fight about how to do something in business, you know, we could go home and have dinner together and, uh, and be okay with that. And so really some, some phenomenal uh, lessons that serve me well today. Uh, you know, I'm in business with my okay, wife. Okay, so what's and, the secret uh, to that? Because I know we have plenty of people who live uh, working in retail, and they're going to be listening to this while they're jogging on their uh, Stairmaster or something at the gym or driving home, and they're saying like, well, how does that happen? So what would one key that you could think that keeps that because I've known family members who work in the same business and don't talk to them and haven't for years. I, I remember that I'm married to my wife, not my inventory. I'm not married to my business. I'm married to my wife and her name's Cassandra. And, and that is who I'm ultimately married to in, in business. It becomes like ghostbusters. Ghostbusters teaches a, a phenomenal lesson about working with family. Okay. 
when when you in Ghostbusters in that final scene where they're taking on the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. Okay, you remember, I remember that, that scene? too well. What did you think about the only okay. thing I could? The Stay Puff Man. Yeah. Right. Okay. Absolutely. Then they say, "Okay, we're going to beat the Stay Puff Man. We're going to cross the streams. Cross the streams." You said never cross the streams. You said, what will happen if we cross the streams? Bad things, really, really bad things. And that's what happens in business. When you're in business with family, when you cross the stream, when you cross your role, when you don't have well-defined roles for what you're supposed to be doing and where you're contributing in the business, okay, bad things happen. So, so my wife and I, when, when we cross streams, okay, it's pretty quick to tell that somebody stepped their toe across the wrong line. And so we have clear uh, designations, both for ourselves and for our team, so that they know um, who to go to for what, okay, and where our roles and responsibilities are. And we don't cross over, because when we do, really bad things I happen. think that is a... And that so, is a great analogy. I was like, how's he going to get there with the Stay Puff man? But I'm... How's he going to get I, there? I like the journey <laughs> along with you, my friend. Well, how did you get into the resale business? Um, you know, resale is really big right now. Everything from the real real and verifying. I read something like they spend like 80 hours on certain types of items to verify all the way down to the corner thrift store, consignment stores. Everyone is seems to be into resale, but you've been into it for almost 30 years. Is that correct? 20 years. 22. This, we're, we're in our 22nd year right now. Um, and it, it's super exciting and super humbling to have been in it that long. I was actually back in the day consulting to retailers. I was working for a uh, software provider to retailers. And so I'd travel around the country um, working with them on their, on their systems and uh, on their business. And it, it was really rewarding. You saw things that worked in independent retail. You saw things that didn't. And, and it was a, a great educational experience. And I was on my way home one night and I got a call from uh, a frantic call from my wife. And she was uh, at the time was was very, very upset because uh, the consignment store where we bought clothing for our then uh, six month old daughter was uh, closing. She's like, I don't know what we're going to do. How are we going to get clothes? This has been such an affordable way for us to to clothe our daughter, you know, she only wears things for a week, you know, how are we going to clothe our daughter? And she ended out with saying, I know exactly what we're going to do. We're going to open our own consignment store. And you make it sound like boom, it was like the- bread and eggs. Like it was a necessary, how are we going to survive without that? And that was the way she felt, right? right? That was, that is, that, that is the total way she felt. And I said, one condition, we're going to run it like a business. And at the time, she had no clue what I meant when I said run it like a business. And I had no clue what I was getting into with a consignment store other than I knew that's what her and her mother did on Saturdays. I would watch our daughter and, and they would go out consignment store shopping and they'd have a great day together. So that, that was our level of It knowledge. would seem like there's a hell of a learning curve on that though, isn't there? There <laughs> is a learning curve, Okay. You know, there, there is a learning curve and we were open 40 days later. Wow. Uh, uh, you know, it wasn't back in 1998, you know, as simple as, you know, opening your door and hanging up an open sign. And it isn't today either. Um, you know, there, there are challenges and, and things that you face in doing that. And, and 
we, we had a couple of racks of clothing pushed up near the window. I had a landlord that was willing to take a chance on us and, uh, and, and get us in. And uh, I think our, our first lease was a six-month lease because I was like, okay, if no one shows up, no one ever came in, bought anything from us, do I have enough money to be able to pay him for six months? And that's how I convinced him to write a six-month lease uh, was, uh, Smart. you know, at least you're going to get paid. Yeah. You know, so that that was, but but yes, it's it's been a, a long learning curve. We we've learned uh, a lot over the. What would years. be three things uh, if you were to what, say three things that either you wish you knew then or that new operators in the resale market um, do poorly? What would those three be? Do you think, just off the top of your head? Okay. Uh, the uh, well, the first thing I would do is make sure I was a member uh, of NARC. Being a member of this association, their whole their whole thing is education, and, and and I'm proud to be a member of it now. We weren't the first couple of years we were open. We didn't know it existed back then. We we couldn't Google everything back then, um, and, and so that that's one thing. Um, one thing I see common with a lot of operators, especially trying to enter the resale space, it, is they you know, cut corners. Everybody cuts corners when you're opening a business. You know, you try to do things on a shoestring, but one of the areas they cut corners on is uh, installing a POS system from the start. They said, well, I can do that when I um, get get going and I have more money. And you need inventory control. You, inventory control, this is all about the flow of inventory. I'm married to my wife, not my inventory, but you need to keep that inventory moving and you need to know what is moving, what isn't, and where it is. And there's phenomenal choices out there that the opportunities are endless with those choices these days and and you need to have that and and lastly i wouldn't be so stuck on a location so often i see it in business and and i'm sure you see it too i see it with resale stores but i'm sure you see it all the time uh bob is is they think this is the best and only location it has to be this place and and you want to be in a good location but it's like buying a car there's more than one red car out there if red, if red is what you have your if your site set on and 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 you want a red chevrolet there there's another one out there um this the car salesman wants you to think that's the only one available there there's more you can you can find one there there's another storefront out there one thing i always tell people is remember that some for this space to be available, for this space that you want, that you think is the only place your business can succeed to be available, somebody else closed, moved, grew out of it, okay? And so for that for sale sign to be there, think of it as somebody else went out of business. How are you going to succeed beyond that? That's like a a, a version of the... The old thing, something has to die for me to be able to live for people to eat meat. You know, right. it's the same idea, yeah, right? You, you can, and the corollary to that also is that it may not have been the best location, right? That that it it may not have, it, it it may not have been, which is another thing that I tell people to do. So when someone calls me as a resale store owner and says, "Okay, I found this perfect location," I tell them to go sit there all day long, and they're like, "What? What do you mean sit there?" I'm like, "Go park your car." I'm like. When you open your store, I mean, we all know it. Anybody that's been in retail any period of time, you you live in your store. My wife says, I always wanted a vacation home. I didn't know it was going to be in Lemonster, Massachusetts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
you know, but you live in your business. And so you're going to do it. Once you open your business, you're going to live there anyway. So go live there. Do you see your customers already shopping with the other stores that are neighboring it? Are people already um, getting out of their cars? Are they, are they walking to other stores in the strip center or are they going into the one place they were going and leaving? You know, so you're expecting this cross traffic. You're expecting certain things. Are those things already in existence? Because if they're already in existence, it's a lot easier to build off of that than it is to, to reinvent the wheel and, um, and do that for yourself. That's a great, so, that's uh, a really great idea because also when you open that, uh, business, you're going to be staring at that parking lot for a while as it, as it first goes for, uh, that's for sure. This season is sponsored by Springboard Retail POS. You know, one of the biggest challenges I hear from listeners, and whether they're selling from a store, from trunk shows, pop-ups, or just online, is that they want great, easy-to-use data. On top of that, they want customizable reporting. Well, that's where Springboard Retail comes in. Their best-in-class reporting helps you run a best-in-class retail operation. Higher sales, higher margins, and faster sell-through. Springboard Retail's customer success team will help you get all of your historical data into Springboard and get you up and running in a flash with a one-on-one personalized onboarding experience that's run by actual humans. And now it's even easier for you listeners to supercharge your business with Springboard Retail POS. Just visit springboardretail.com forward slash retail doc and you'll receive 20% off your first year. Now back to the show. Were there any memorable challenges in retail that you were able to get over and then change for the better from? One thing I always try to do Bob, is look at things very positively, okay? Life's too short not to be positive. I'm a fairly positive person at at heart, and I tend to look at all the things that have happened to us over the years, okay? And and there have been many challenges, okay? Many challenges, okay? I look at them. Any one of those things um, could have defined us, okay? Okay. and, and anyone else, anyone, half your listeners that are that are listening right now would say, yeah, if that was your definition of what happened and 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 caused you to close, totally get it. Uh, you want the time when I got the call that our air conditioning wasn't working, and when my repairman called me back, he told me all the copper was stolen out of our rooftop air conditioning. <laughs> you want me to tell you about the oh time keep going because i love these stories keep going these are great uh, the, the the time that our um dumpster was on fire uh by a former employee okay disgruntled employee the time where i walked in i just came into one of our locations and i was really in a great mood i just came from the doctor and my family's got a history of heart disease and and high blood pressure and my doctor was like your blood pressure is great and I'm like, I'm in a good mood. I just came from the doctors. I walk into one of my stores and 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 the two employees are there and they, they look at me and they're like, she's having an affair with my husband. And I hadn't even put my briefcase down yet. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, well, um, or, or, I'm not or, even going to ask how you got out of that one. But uh, uh, hey, you know. It's okay. No, no. She's not having an affair with your husband. Your husband's her drug dealer. It's so much better. Um, was the end result of that story, but it didn't come up quickly. Um, you know, the employee who embezzled, our longtime trusted employee who embezzled uh, from us. Um, 
But see, you're still laughing about it. That's what I respect what? about you because sometimes when I talk to smaller retailers and, you know, they get caught up in the um, catastrophization of their business. And right now we're recording this in March and, you know, we're still dealing with the virus idea and how that's spiraling out of control and we're going to get and fear is really dangerous but i think holding on to that fear and passing it on to others um is far worse than what we actually imagine in our minds so you know how do you keep a a good attitude about all of this neil i mean you seem like a naturally positive guy but you know you got to be get scared at times too i would think uh, I, I do, and I, and I have, and I have one story that's probably too scary for radio, so I'm going to skip uh, skip it for the podcast right now. But I'll, I'll share, I'll partake it with you some other time. But but um, you stay positive because you don't. I'm not going to let this define me. Okay, I'm not going to let okay the fact that you know we have this this huge catastrophe that I've lost this staff that I've lost uh, mm. this. Um, the copper in the AC units was 30 something thousand dollars. Okay. Um, I, I, I'm not letting any one thing define me or define our business. We're going to keep on moving forward. Um, we're going to deal with the situation, whatever that may be, we have to deal with it, but I'm not going to let it define me. And I'm going to keep on moving forward because, um, I have too many people and in resale, you really see it. So one of the things in resale that that is, you talk about a community business, you're the epitome of Main Street, okay? You depend on Main Street for your inventory, okay? Main Street depends on you to sell it, okay? So that you turn their inventory so that they can do whatever, fulfill whatever their dreams are. So I have thousands of consigners that are dependent on me running a business so that they can buy milk for their family and put food on their table, so they can send their kids to summer camp, so they can go uh, put money away from from birth to college, so they have money for a college fund for their kids, so they can just simply buy next season's clothes for their kids uh, and family. So we we epitomize all of that in resale. And so that's just my my suppliers depending on me running a business, okay? Not to mention my customers who are shopping with me, that we're part of their community or all the things that we donate to that are part of our community that depend on us. My 20 to 30 staff. Hold on one second. Hold on one second. Yep. I forgot to turn off my damn clock. So, um, (laughs) you're about to say your 20 or 30 staff now go. Our 20 to 30 staff that depend on us for their paychecks, their livelihoods, they they worry about what's happening in their lives, not what's happening in the business. So it's my job to make sure these things aren't a problem for our company and uh, for uh, all these stakeholders that we have in our business. Um, that's a, so that's, a, that's a great attitude. I mean, I don't think I've ever heard it expressed that way. I really like that, Neil. Let's let's well, take a, it, let's. Let's take just a little, uh, a quick break uh, for our sponsor, Springboard Retail POS, and we'll be right back. All right, so we're talking Ghostbusters, we're talking uh, Bomb Squads, we're talking all kinds of things here today with Neil, and um, what do you think the best advice you've ever gotten has ever been? The best advice that I've ever gotten is... um, I was in a class once and um, I'll never forget it. And I, and I still have it somewhere. Um, 
and I had this big pad of paper and the instructor, I don't, couldn't even tell you who the instructor was at this time. It was so long ago, but you know, he had us draw these circles and you want to know, and he's like, you want to know what the secret to, to, to retail is and everything. And, you know, two intersecting circles, we're drawing them and everything else. And he's like, you know, it's about the inventory and it's about the customers and, and, you know, knowing and working with them. I mean, I, I'm a guy, you know, people look at me and I talk to them all the time. I, I, I talk to, to resale stores, reach out to me all the time and look for the secrets or look for different things. And I'm the guy that holds up a white shirt and asks my wife, does this go with the outfit that I'm making? And people think I have all this great fashion knowledge just because I sell a lot of clothing <laughs> and I have none. <laughs> fully fully admit it when when i travel my wife granimalizes my outfits she has the list by day and event of of what i'm supposed to be uh wearing and and make sure that i match because the the last thing that her my daughter wants to hear when i'm out and about is he dressed himself uh, <laughs> <laughs> um but uh you know when when we're out in, in you, you take care of your customers, you take care of your people, you, you take care of your stakeholders. You know, the inventory doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the widget is. It matters, but it doesn't, you know, people, Good. people will, will take care of, but you have to take care, care of the people. And that's, that's, that's the best advice. It's all, it's all about people. Everything it's is it's all Everything, about our, people. Our, our relationship today, our, our conversation, it's all about people. You know, you think about the time you and I met, it, it's yeah. all people. No, I, I'm totally with you. That's why you're on my show today, my friend. Uh, so, you know, the title is uh, Tell Me Something Good About Retail. It's always my last question I have. Um, what, what would you say, uh, you know, what, tell me something good about retail. What do you love about it? I love about it is, okay, is so often, and, and I, I love your podcast because it is something good about retail, okay? And so much of the news, the people turn on the news today they will find a thousand articles that are negative about retail or negative about business or negative about the world. Okay. Negative sells headlines. Okay. And I turn myself off from that because it's so easy to have your mind drift into that. The best days of retail are not behind it. The best days of retail are ahead. Okay. You have to evolve. You have to change. That's what's exciting. Okay. That we're not doing the same things, the same ways we were, 20 years ago, five years ago, the way that we did them in my father's pharmacy. Those things aren't the way people are doing things. You have to evolve. You have to change. Um, and whether you're dealing, you know, in, in resale, it's, it's tough. I only have one of this shirt. I don't have 10 of them in the back room. So I have to get creative with how I take care of my customer because of that. And so, you know, the best days are ahead of us. Um, there is so much good about retail um, and it's thriving. Good, good retail is thriving and you should be a part of that because it's the most exciting thing to interact with your customers, to know what's happening in their lives, to touch them and know how you help them get through different things. It's That's just an amazing time. That's the key, my friend. Well, uh, that brings us to the end. And how can they find out more about ECI stores and, of course, uh, the National Association of Retail Professionals? Excuse well, me. ECI, the National. ECI... Let's take that again. Well, let's take that again because that's terrible. Hold on. Yeah. 
Okay, well, that brings us to the end of our podcast. So, Neil, how can they find out more about ECI stores and also the National Association of Resale Professionals? It really easy, and that's how ECI stores came to be because um, our flagship store, Cutie Patooties, was too hard for people to spell, and um, everything Cutie, uh, you know, which was one of our websites. So, ECI stores became an easy thing to to spell. So, ECIStores.com. Um, the S on the end of stores.com is our website and you can see lots of great things to shop. All of our home decor items are on our website and we ship uh, all the, all the home decor smalls we ship. So uh, happy to see that you can reach out to me from there as well. And the national association of resale professionals, narts.org, N-A-R-T-S.org uh, for more information on uh, narts. Our upcoming conference in June this year is in Charlotte, North Carolina. Nice. Well, thank you very much for your time today. It's been a real pleasure, Neil. Thank you so much. True honor. Thanks again to my guest, Neil Abramson. I enjoyed talking about his positive take on moving forward in the face of inherent challenges. And while it might have been recorded before some of the worst of the social distancing measures, I think his attitude also still resonates as we move out of it. On next week's episode, I'll be speaking with Richard Shapiro, founder and president of the Center for Client Retention, about methods for increasing your percentage of repeat business. You won't want to miss it. I'm Bob Fibbs, the Retail Doctor. Thanks again for listening. Tell Me Something Good About Retail is the podcast of the Retail Doctor. Visit RetailDoc.com to learn what makes Bob Fibbs the authority on brick-and-mortar retail across the world who works with some of the biggest brands all the way down to the smallest mom and pops. As a listener of the Tell Me Something Good About Retail podcast, you can receive free information and guides when you visit RetailDoc.com and sign up for our exclusive weekly newsletter. For more information, to access the complete archives of past retail goodness, and to see about Bob speaking to your audience, please visit RetailDoc.com.